Welcome in to another Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. My name is Gabe Anderson, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? We're doing well. You know, we're doing well. We're getting the wins we need to and, uh, you know, stand on top of the West. Can't be mad about that. Yeah, it's just been a crazy ride for the Timberwolves. I looked it up, and last year in this situation, 59 games into the season. In fact, we played Memphis. We were coming off a loss to Memphis. We were 30 and 29. Right now, we are sitting at 42 and 17. What a difference a year makes. Yeah, I mean, I think we ended up with about the same amount of wins as we have right now last year. Um, yep. something like that exactly like, exactly 45. that many number one in the western conference right now a stellar start to the season going forward and so three straight wins for the timberwolves against teams that they should beat they beat to start off after the loss to the bucks they continued their home stands see they beat brooklyn and then they beat the Spurs, and then they beat the Memphis Grizzlies last night, which just crazy to think how far, what a difference a year makes for the, the Grizzlies as well. Just the shell of the team that they were last year. Yeah, I wonder how many of those guys are hurt and how many of those guys are just, you know, helping the organization by not playing. You know, like, is Marcus Smart really hurt? Like, I don't know. Like, or did he just not? not go there as a free agent to sign on to be playing on a bad team, you know? Um, yeah, they're a, they're, they're a, they're a shell of an organization and I'll be glad, I'll be glad to take their second round pick this year. Absolutely. So let's talk about it. The Wolves get the win against Memphis last night, kind of a topsy turvy, just kind of treading water through the first three, first three quarters. And then they really took control at the end in the, Fourth quarter in that game, Anthony Edwards, great, with 34 points. Of course, the leader of this team, the heart and soul of this team. But I thought that Memphis was doing something interesting. They were really pounding the paint against Cat and Rudy, and they were kind of ineffective in the first half. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of guys that are um... – I don't know how to say it. Like they're good at a few things and bad at a few things, you know, like we have guys that have big negatives in the scouting report or, you know, and big positives. So like teams can easily, you know, can easily scheme against us to make it troublesome. So that's why it's going to be interesting to see what happens come playoffs. Um, We have a couple guys that can blow that up like Nas and, and Anthony Edwards, you know, they're guys that can do a little bit of everything. So um, we'll see. And I'm glad that teams are trying new things to stop us and slow us down because that's just stuff that we can put in the film for, uh, you know, how to, how to attack that if a teams do that in the future. Yeah. And it was interesting. Jaron Jackson Jr. Was having a pretty good game. He had the green light for sure against the Timberwolves, because honestly, who else is going to score on that team? I mean, Aldama's a decent player. Uh, Williams is a decent player. Gigi was hitting some shots, Gigi. but Ultimately, Jaron Jackson Jr. had the green lights all game, and they put Ant on him, and I thought Ant did a pretty good job. I think I think that's something that that teams take for granted with some of these bigs that that are that are high scores. Even even Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think 
for me personally, and I'm not a coach or anything, but I think putting a small guy on guys like that is vital because it, 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 it stops them from getting downhill. You know, a small guy can kind of get in their way on the perimeter. And unless you're a guy, a big that takes people down and just bullies them in the post, it doesn't really matter. I mean, like Jaron Jackson isn't going to destroy you with power moves. So like, you don't need to be equal height. You just need to stay ahead of them. So I think Ant shut him down, played awesome, and it's just another feather in the cap for what this team can do defensively. And I think what happened was Ant's playing him so difficult, particularly down in the post, might have affected his shot as well because he was not hitting at the end. Two meanings at Target Center, Jaron Jackson Jr. has hit a ton of threes against us. But I think uh, – Anthony Edwards' defense, particularly in the second half on him, really tired him out. And there's only so much that one man can do. And I think they're stretching Jaron Jackson Jr. way too thin with the lack of talent on the court. He's really he's really has no shooters to kick out to. Yeah, he's he's like in a perfect situation, your third option offensively, you know? Yeah. And uh being forced to be a first, I mean it's just not really fair for him and his skill set, but, but you know, I, I'm actually kind of happy with the way he's been playing this year. Like he's, he's stepped up when he has to, and, and being the only guy that's, you know, remaining healthy, some there's players that would kind of, uh, you know, try to take some off days or whatever, but he he's been, he's been playing hard. So good for him. And of course, what we got to talk about from the game against Memphis was Nas Reed, just an absolute spark plug. Four for six from behind the three-point line, 19 points. He was wheeling and dealing out there. And I know we say it all the time, but what a luxury to have this guy coming off the bench. Just an absolute godsend from LSU. He's a beast, you know, and like I said, he can do a little bit of everything. So, like, if guys want to, you know, try to take away this jump shot by, by you know, coming out to him, charging him at the three-point line, He's more than happy to put on the on the floor and finish at the rim or, you know, put take you in the post if you're playing a small guy on him and he'll attack you that way. Nas Reed has literally everything like there's nothing that he doesn't have in his bag. And, um, you know, that's back to back, you know, great games. He had 20 and six um, versus the Spurs, 19 and six versus uh, Memphis. Um, I don't I need to see him getting more minutes. I think like. Last night was maybe one of the first games he's had or he's had, no, he had, yeah, 32 minutes versus San Antonio. But I mean, that's the first time he's had 30 minutes. I don't know, damn near all season. I mean, the last time was December, mid-December was the last time he had 30 minutes a game. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And you got to remember that Spurs game cat didn't play either. So that was a big contributing factor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. At some point, Chris Finch loves slow-mo or for whatever reason, and that's fine, but I would just eliminate slow-mo's minutes and just give them all to Nas come playoff time and just see what happens. Another thing I saw interesting in the, in the Memphis game was in crunch time in particular, I, and I, I and I want to get your take on this. Do you think this is trying to 
put guys in pressure situations to see how they respond because he left Monte Morris in for a lot of crunch time. I think he put Mike Conley in for like the last th- two or three minutes, but it was Mike Con- or it was Monte Morris and Nikhil Alexander Rock Walker running the show for the majority of the fourth quarter. What do you think that is? Do you think that's let's put these guys in a presser situation and see how they perform or are we try or maybe it's a little bit of are we trying to preserve Conley a little bit? What do you think? Well, I think it's both. Um I know I just listened to Conley talk on Barrero um a little bit today and he was talking about how in the San Antonio game they say they he only played 19 minutes. And like that 10 minute saving before a back to back is huge for him, like makes a huge difference. So I, I think some of it has to do with, you know, making sure Conley stays healthy because um, he knows they were pretty thin at point guard. Um, but also like we got to get Monte Morris up to speed. Um, right. You know, he needs to get as many meaningful game reps as he can, because if we make a long run in the playoffs, uh, he's going to be have to be a vital contributor off the bench or, you know, spot starts if somebody goes down. And something else I was noticing, I I totally agree with you on that. And Monte Morris played okay. He blew a layup on the fast break one time in a kind of ill-advised shot, missed a couple shots. But I think, like you said, the more and more he gets reps, the the more and more he'll be better with this team. Because you got to remember, only six games with the Pistons and a lot of that in limited action. So we really have not seen the full bag of what Monte Morris can do. But what I have noticed is so far, I like it a lot more than what I saw to shake Milton this year. Yeah, for sure. I think I saw he's like 27 to two assisted turnover since he's been here or something. Um, so he's, you know, not making bad plays. Um, you know, there's going to be some bad shots. There's going to be some rustiness, but you got to get all those out of the way. Like he needs to take them. Um, and uh, like you said, a couple games and is all he's played so far. He's he's visibly out of shape. Um, he's just got to you know put in work, uh, play. You know, we got a nice stretch here. He can get back in shape and get back in the rhythm. And uh, as long as he's ready for the playoffs, that's all I'm worried about. And a nice game. We'll give him some credit on this podcast, even though we don't always. Pretty good game out of Jaden McDaniels last night. Five for seven from the field, two for four from three, 12 points and three blocks as well. Hey, if he gives us that every night, I'm not, you will not hear me complaining whatsoever. The problem is he doesn't do it every night. And you might hear me complain. I mean, 12 points, two rebounds, three assists. And we're acting like that was an amazing game. Like that shows where we've been with Jaden. Like we're again, I know it's the contract stuff, which doesn't shouldn't always apply, but if we're going to pay him 25 to $27 million a year, which is going to greatly affect what we do with our roster building going forward. And we're excited about 12, two and three. I mean, three blocks though. Three blocks isn't, anything to wake at. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, blocks happen and, and I'm happy for them, you know, it's great, but we just need to see more like this needs to be. No, I agree. Year. I agree with you. Like this has to be considered a bad game for him next year. You know, like if he came out and gave us 12, two and three, I'd be like, that's bad. Like we need 16, six and 
three or something like that, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, as long as he's showing a little more confidence and I'm glad that Finch really pressed him up or hyped him up in the post game. And sometimes just that kind of stuff, that kind of positive talk will get a guy going. Um, but we'll see, you know, I, I, just, I just need more and I need it every night. Like he needs to step up and do something every night. Um, I see him, you know, kind of, there's a 50 50 ball. A lot of times he's not going for it. He's just watching it. Like I don't see him making cuts, you know, he, he needs to be more productive, but you know, I'll get off that. And, uh, and I'm happy we got the win and I'm happy he, he hit some shots. That's for sure. Scary moment from earlier in the week where Anthony Edwards, some feared that he tore his Achilles, but in famous Anthony Edwards style, comes back at the start of second half and acts like nothing happens. I I don't want to jinx this, but he feels like he's Mr. Indestructible here. Like the, that that man is built different. There's there's something about him where every time he takes a punch, he gets up for the next round. I mean, he's a big strong kid for one. Um two, I remember one of one of the things that stuck in my mind the most, and I know we talked about it way back when, um, before the draft, when we're, uh, his coach and oh, Tom Crean was talking about Anthony Edwards as a player, and it must be something that they, or as an athlete, something that they must um, somehow measure. They said that his ankle strength and his foot strength, like just from going from standing to moving was stronger than anyone he's seen. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that helps when it comes to these twisted ankles. I think he just has tree trunk um, ankles that can just take a lot of abuse that others can't. Um, he also mentioned that when he goes back to the locker room, the Timberwolves uh, staff gives him gives him something special and makes him feel a lot better. So I don't know exactly what they're talking about, but um, <laughs> as long as he keeps coming back and playing, I'm all for it, I guess. As, lo- as long as it's legal. As, as long as what exactly. they're giving him is, is legal. Exactly. So let's take a look at the standings right now. You got the Timberwolves at 42 and 17, Thunder 41 and 17. And uh, so uh, uh, 0.5 games back, which really means nothing. Uh, Nuggets 40 and 19, uh, two games back. Clippers 37 and 20, because an embarrassing loss for them last night for the Clippers. That's, that's a bad look. And I believe it was the last game. Where it'll they'll share an arena against each other, the Clippers and the Lakers, oh. um, because I think the Clippers are getting that new arena for for some reason. Uh, but a bad look for the Clippers last night on their home on their home floor, and then yeah. a little bit of a gap at number five, the Suns, thirty four and twenty four, seven and a half games back, Pelicans at six. 35 and 25, seven and a half games back. And then the Mavericks, 34 and 25, eight games back. So a little bit of a cushion yeah. for the Wolves. A little, yeah, little I mean, bit of a cushion. I was hearing people talk about um, there's some sort of new stat. There's always some new stat where if you've got 40 wins before you have 20 losses, you win the championship like 90% of the time or something crazy like that which sounds awesome because we've got that. It sounds less awesome when there's also three other teams or four other teams in the NBA that have that this year because it kind of is like, well, they can't all win the championship, so it kind of throws it away. But, I mean, we're playing well. And one thing when it comes to these standings that 
it's kind of been kind of been bothering me and on my mind lately. And and somebody I know has talked about this all year. They've talked about how Rudy Gobert should be mentioned um in MVP talks. And and you know, people are starting to say, you know, Anthony Edwards should be in that. That's fine and all, but I think I think Rudy Gobert's kind of getting a bad bad end of the deal on this because he's by far the best defensive player in the NBA. Like Vegas has him, you know, way ahead of anybody else to win defensive player of the year. So like he's considered the the winner for that. Um, Our defense right now uh, between the top ranked defense, which is us and Boston, which is number two, we're two and a half or 2.8 points about above them in defense, which that's the largest gap in 28 years between first and second. So we're way out in front and it's on the back of Rudy Gobert. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if there was a guy that was, if we, if there's a guy that was playing on the, I don't know, the Westerns, the Western conference, number one seed, and he was leading the league in scoring, it would be a lock that that guy would be, you know, up for MVP votes. But since, since like defense isn't sexy or whatever, Rudy Gobert being a lock for defensive player of the year and us being the number one team for pretty much the whole year in the West. And he's not getting any love. I think that's a shame. I think he should. I agree. Although, like you mentioned, it's just not the sexy pick. Like when you got Luca's putting up 31, he's putting up triple doubles. You got DeMontis Sabonis putting up triple doubles. Yeah. Uh, Jokic doing what he does. It's it's hard. Also, SGA. yeah, SGA. Also, yeah. Gobert did not make the All Star team, so that almost feels like a mark against him as well. But no, he no. is everything that was advertised to the Wolves when coming over here. I do not miss. The only thing I miss a little bit is Beasley's three point shooting, and we 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 can. We'll, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll be okay without there. What a masterful work by Tim Connolly to bring Gobert into this nucleus. Who knew it just needed some time? Who who could have thought that it just needed some time to gel? I mean, other than us, we said that multiple times. But other than us, uh, yeah, who knew? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy what Tim Conley did. I mean, you look at those guys that he moved. And D'Lo, you know, the Lakers are trying to move him as bad as they could at the trade deadline. Um, Vanderbilt has pretty much been a shell of what he was for us. We had He's not even playing. He's not yeah. even playing well, I mean, right I now. Think he's, I think he's hurt right now. But Yeah, he's hurt. We had him. We had him as you know a defensive stud. Um, Beasley, we had him scoring twenty points a game. You know, off the bench, critical. You know, three point shooter. He's you know doing okay for for uh, for the Bucks, but definitely not anything special. Beverly was scoring and defending and a difference maker. He's you know a role player. So like, we just traded role players basically for a guy that. You know, if you're talking actual impact and not, you know, ticket sales could be pushing for MVP. And, you know, we're locked in the number one seed for something like probably now nine times, 10 times longer. No, way more than that. 12, 13 times longer than the franchise has ever been in their whole history. You know, I think we were we talked about this before. First place in the West for seven days in team history coming into this year. And we've got to be 80, 90 days on there now. So, I mean, it's it's unbelievable what we've done. Just kind of a detour with that. I'm just seeing this literally as I believe it just came in as we were starting this podcast. Marcus Morris has agreed 
Finally, yes. I don't know what I don't know what took them so long to a buyout with the Spurs and all intents and purposes believe that he is going to sign with the Timberwolves. What would you think of Marcus Morris and his fit here in Minnesota? I love it. You know, I love it because um, he's a shooter. He's a guy that if, you know, he's a guy that can play small forward, power forward. He can play like kind of what slow-mo is doing. And if it's a kick, 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 and that guy's in the corner, he's going to hit the shot. Like, that's what I need. That's what we need. We need depth that small forward because we're not getting a lot out of Jaden and we're not getting much out of slow-mo. So any sort of talent boost we can get. I mean, I'm not expecting him to be a world beater, but no. I think he could give us some quality minutes. That's for sure. I mean, and that's, that's the role that he has been on. I mean, when he was a clipper, yep. that's exactly what he did. He was just a vet who came in, hit a couple shots, wasn't was decent defensively and and we'll take someone like that i mean that's why you leave open these roster spots for potential buyout situations and it, it was interesting because the spurs waited till the absolute last day to sign to or to buy out marcus morris and i don't know i i don't know why it took them so long but hopefully we see him in a wolves uniform soon yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the last couple of years for him. So um, 2021 with the Clippers, he shot 47% from three on five shots a game. I mean, that's in 57 games. So, I mean, that's a lot of games. Um, and then he went, wait, was that? I'm sorry, 47%. Then he shot, you know, 36%, 36%, 40%. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I'm I'm excited for it, you know. Give me another body. Um 68, you know, knows knows how to play the game. I'll take it. And maybe this means less slow-mo minutes, which also potentially if slow-mo's hurt for any period of time, he didn't play last night. Slot him in there. See what happens. I mean, my personal opinion is he can't do worse. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. By the way, uh, I want to introduce you to uh, my new friend that I made last night. Uh, ah, it is Anthony Ann Jr. Yes, he is. He's uh, ho- hopefully it goes better than the whole row the boat thing does at the University of Minnesota. But yeah, I, I, li- I like what they did with this year's bobblehead. Uh, definitely their lakes initiative. So it's actually it's just coincidental. It's the second night in a row that I've gone on Anthony Edwards' bobblehead night. That was not planned at all. Second year in a row, yeah. Yeah, second year in a row, yeah. Because you got Um, the other one with the dog, right? Yes, yeah. The other one, yeah, the other one has nothing to do with water. But And the other thing is that one might be valuable because he's wearing number one in that one. So maybe that'll be like, maybe that'll be a valuable thing one day. So let's look forward like I said, we're still waiting on any headline. Could happen any minute where Marcus Morris joins the Timberwolves. We haven't seen anything yet. But if that happens during this podcast, we will let you know. So going forward, Kings and Clippers. Going to be a tough stretch. What are you looking for in these two games? Ball movement. Um Against some of these bad teams, we got pretty sticky with the ball, at least early in the game. A lot of uh, look what I can do type things out of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I hate that. 
even if it ends in a bucket, like I think that I almost hope that it doesn't end in a bucket when it's real ISO. Um, we got to move the ball. I, I don't want to see, you know, McDaniels score under 12 points in either one of these games. I want, I want to see him make some impact and uh, you know, some more, uh, some more um, point guard minutes to, you know, to get Morris going in there. So, yeah, I, I think just building on what we got going um, and just, you know, having some quality, quality win or loss, we just got to play quality so that we can move forward in, in, in a right in the correct manner. And of course, the Kings playing for their lives right now. Uh, I think they're the seventh or eighth seed. I can't remember what I said, seventh or actually I'll I'll check right here. They are. I believe currently the eighth seed in the Western Conference, so everything to play for for them. Of course, we'll be, be seeing the Speedy Deer and Fox, the stout, and that'll be a fun matchup. Sabonis versus Rudy Gobert. Rudy obviously has the size advantage, but maybe a little more girth on Sabonis, but should be a fun matchup there. And then, of course, the Clippers. The Wolves so far haven't had too much trouble with the Clippers and unknowns if Paul George will play. He's been out the last couple games. Of course, you got Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I believe Zubats was out against the Lakers last night. So who knows what team is going to show up there? Yeah, I mean, we're so much bigger than the Clippers, and they are so ISO-driven on their offense, and that's one of the best things that we have to de defend is we have good ISO defenders. So, yeah, I mean – Matchup wise, I'm okay with the Clippers. Um, the Sacramento's tough, man, because they move the ball, and uh, you know, De'Aaron De Fox can get to the line; he can get you in foul trouble. So, as long as we can handle Sabonis, um, I, th I think we got a good shot there. But they're a tricky team, and they can get hot shooting. So we'll see. And I think that's what happened the first matchup with the Kings. They got hot and. Just we recovered a little bit, but didn't have enough firepower to come back. So we'll have to be shooting well on a Friday night. Anyway, Chris, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem, man. This is the Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. And as always, go Wolves.